Hello, and welcome to the Burning Cold Theater's podcast series, Into the Fire, with Jerome Davis. Hi, I'm Jerome Davis. I'm the Artistic Director of Burning Cold Theater Company, and I'd like to welcome everyone to Into the Fire, the Burning Cold Theater Company podcast series on all things theatrical. This is the first of a two-part podcast. The second part uh, will take place next week, but here uh, today we are going to be talking with four of the interns who are working with Burning Cold this summer, all uh, helping us in vast and uh, different ways. And so I'd like to introduce to everybody Emily Prins, Cameron Mills, Colin Freund, and Graham McAllister, and I got all those names right, uh, <laughs> which is the first time this summer that has happened. Uh, but welcome, all of you. Hi. Hi. Hello. Great. Um, so, uh, so let's uh, start with you, uh, Graham, since you're to my right here. Uh, you uh, uh, live in Raleigh, uh, and you are in college right now? Yep. I go to UNC Chapel Hill. I lived in Raleigh for the past eight years, Okay. and I'm just right down the street from Burning Culture. You're a stone's throw from us. Yeah. Um, what are you studying at Chapel Hill? I am studying new media, which is like a combination of computer science and design, and uh -huh. the artistic, design, uh, artistic side of technology. Okay. And were you, were you involved in theater before that at all? I personally have not been involved in theater. My sister has been heavily involved with it for most of her life so yeah. I've been around it yeah. but not personally. Is she an actor? or She uh, was. Okay yes. good yeah and um, and tell me about the studies Graham your uh, new media sounds slightly imposing uh, is it uh, is it the, the kind of thing that you see yourself doing after you get out of school? Absolutely absolutely it, it involves uh, video production, audio production, graphic design, all sorts of stuff like that, which I just realized I was interested in during my sophomore year. So it's been like a recent thing, and but it's taken over and it's really all I want to do. So. I, I'm very curious and I want to come back to that subject, but let's uh, talk with Cameron. Cameron, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and what are you doing right now? Well, I'm from right here in Raleigh, but I currently go to school at NYU in New York City and I'm about to be a senior. Very good. And what are you studying at NYU? Oh, I'm studying a double major in drama and journalism. Uh -huh. What What of the schools at NYU are you at uh, uh, for the drama program? Uh, well, I'm at the Tisch School of the Arts, yeah. and I've studied in a couple separate drama schools. I studied at Strasbourg. I've also studied at Meisner, and I just finished up a semester at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in London. Very nice. That was a nice way to spend the semester, I imagine. Yes, yeah. it was lovely. <laughs> and do you imagine yourself as a performer after college? That's the goal. I mean, that's the dream right now. You're going to stay in New York? Uh, we'll see. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Good. Make plans. Yeah. Make plans. <laughs> uh, uh, Emily Prins, where are you right now? Um, so I live about 40 minutes south of Raleigh uh, in a town called Fuquay Verena. Yes. Um, and I go to high school there. I'm a rising senior at Fuquay Verena High School. Right. Um, where I do drama and chorus and heavily involved in all those programs. Very good. And you came to us uh, uh, through um, through social media, sort of, didn't you? I did. I did. Um, we had a final project for my chorus class where it was an arts administration project where we basically had to create a budget plan for a theater in our area and create a season and all that and we Skyped in with a couple of different um, artistic directors and one of them was uh, you from Burning Coal and in your interview you mentioned that you sometimes do internships 
and I had just been <laughs> found out that I got denied to governor's school, so I was looking for something to do over the summer, right. and so I shot you an email, and the rest is history. <laughs> well, your work has been terrific this summer, uh, so the governor's school d doesn't know what they missed, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but thank you for that, and uh, I'm just curious, do you remember what the season was that you planned to... Um, yes, it was a DPAC season. Ah. Um, I chose DPAC for my theater. Um, I don't remember everything I put in there, but I remember I did put Hamilton in there. Oh. And I remember saying to myself, this was before Hamilton had been announced that it was going to be at DPAC. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, ooh, I should extend this for like a month yeah. because that will bring in a lot of uh, a lot of people. And then lo and behold, DPAC announces that Hamilton will be running for a month. Yeah. I'm like, well... I called it. <laughs> yeah, and the rest of us will be taking off that month, I think. Yep. <laughs> uh, very good. Colin, you are, you've been uh, with Burning Cold the longest. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, I found out about Burning Coal uh, through the STC programs, and I joined uh, the junior program back in, oh, geez, I think it was like 2012, 2013. Wow. Um, and you've done every, every summer camp since then, or almost every one? Almost, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've been here... At least every summer since. Yeah. And you're now headed off to college, or uh, I'm still in high school. I'm oh. a rising junior at oh, yeah. Athens Drive. Okay, so you haven't been here quite as long as I thought. Maybe <laughs> no. six years. Wow. <laughs> and Macy's not sick of us by now. But uh, <laughs> no, no, and so you're at Athens Drive, and yes. do, you, do you do plays there as well? Yes, uh, I've uh, I haven't acted there, but I've been part of the tech side as the assistant sound designer engineer no. there. Yeah. No. Uh, for about two years, um, helping out with the musicals and the plays and basically any events that mm -hmm. go on there. Yeah, but not acting. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, I will be um, starting to act more as of next year. Because uh -huh. you've acted with our summer camp, right? You've been yes. in several of our shows. Uh, remind me a couple of the things you've done with us over the summer. Uh, I was in Romeo and Juliet uh, for the senior camp last year. Yeah. I was in Antigone the year before. Right. Camp Chaos, uh, which was part of the junior program. Oh yes. Uh, forgetting the name of the uh, the one right before that, but. Well, they all feel like Camp Chaos to me, <laughs> so, uh, so I'll just go with I'm that. Sure that sums up most of the experience. And here. for for you and Emily, are you guys thinking about college already? I've thought about a couple places. Um, I haven't narrowed it down to one specific college, but I have a couple places I'm thinking about right now. Mm -hmm. Mainly uh, UNC Wilmington and UNC Greensboro. Oh, nice. I know some people at both of those places, so talk to me when you're ready to make your application. What about you, Emily? Are you thinking about that yet? Um, yeah, I've. Um, this is the year I started applying for college, obviously, so it's been on my mind quite a bit. Um, like Colin, I have narrowed it. I've started to narrow down kind of where I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. <laughs> no further uh, in details will be forthcoming not yet, not yet. at Haven't. the moment. Well, okay. okay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, uh, no reason to decide too soon. Uh, I do uh, encourage everybody to get that degree. You know, one of the many things I agree with uh, a certain uh, uh, Vermont senator about uh, is that I think today's um, in today's world, a, a degree, a college degree, an undergraduate degree is the equivalent of a high school degree when I was your age. And, and you know, I knew intuitively and, and otherwise that, that if you didn't have a high school degree, you weren't going very far in the world. And I think the same is probably true today for 
for that undergraduate work. Cameron and Graham, I'm curious if you guys, having already begun that process, if you have any words of advice for the, the two uh, younger uh, students here, uh, uh, anything you would say to them about as you go through the process of narrowing down your schools? Um, I would say my biggest takeaway was just that everyone you apply for or audition for wants you to do really well. Um, it's not a scary process. No one's looking for you to do something wrong. So just relax and be yourself and it'll all work out. That's true. They, they would like nothing better than for the next person who walks in the door to be uh, Daniel Day-Lewis or Meryl <laughs> yeah. Streep, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they want. Yeah. And so they're not hoping you, you'll fail. Yeah. And Graham? Uh, I'd say find out what you love. You might have to take some classes that you don't necessarily love, but use that as a learning experience and right. take other stuff. Sure. Yes. That's Branch great. Out, yes. Great advice. Uh, it's not a, a failure if, you, if you're if you moving through something exactly. towards something else. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, those are very uh, wise words. Um, what's uh, New York like, uh, Cameron? What's it like living up there for you? Um, it's crazy. I love it. Um, it definitely has its challenges. It can be a little hectic. There's definitely a lot of competition around there, but you also get to meet really amazing people and you're constantly busy and you make great connections. So highly recommend moving to New York. Yeah, if you're <laughs> gonna work in the theater, it's, uh, yeah. it's almost a prerequisite. That may change uh, in your lifetime, but I think for now Absolutely. it's still the place that, uh, you know, people don't know this, but New York actually wasn't the theater center of America at the beginning of the 20th century. It was actually Philadelphia. Philadelphia yeah. was the what we think of as the theatrical center of the American universe. And, and, uh, and then it changed over a, a very short period of time um, uh, and, and became New York City. But it, but it could change again. And with the advent of social media and digital technology, Graham, uh, I, think, uh, I think it's very possible that it may become much more um, uh, broad spread and, and uh, uh, diffused. And I think that's a really good thing for, for the future, if that is what happens. Uh, so, Graham, uh, I want to go back to this idea of new uh, media for mm -hmm. a moment. Uh, do you think of new media as, as another tool toward the same end, uh, or do you think of it as tools that will allow us to reach a different um, objective than, than media has uh, aimed for in the past? I think it ultimately is still going to be the same objective, but you're definitely going to get there in a different way, and you're going to create new things that never could have been Couldn't done before been. on the way. What, what is the objective for, for media? What, is that journalism in your mind, or is there something broader than that? There is a journalism new media major at UNC, and that focuses more on that marketing and that trying to catch people's eye type of thing, but new media and communication department is more just just free, you can be making artistic projects, not necessarily for any particular purpose, just yeah. getting your ideas out there. You, you guys have no idea what it was like when I was your age, if you wanted to make a film, you had to have a, a camera, uh, and the camera had little uh, rolls of film, eight millimeter film, they were about this big, and they were incredibly delicate and sensitive, and, uh, and they were three and a half minutes long. So you, if you were shooting a two hour movie, you had to have a lot of these things, very expensive. And then you had to take them off to, 
of these places that would uh, develop them for you and a couple of weeks later get them back and then you have to have a projector to put them on and now all of that happens on your your telephone so the the technology is much cheaper That's for one thing but it's it's just more accessible it's more democratic um, and I think the the balance the thing that people are, are looking at um, is how to make sure that it's not being misused which is not that different from uh, technology uh, and journalism and media in the past. Yeah. Um, uh, Emily, um, I, I wanted to ask you uh, a little bit about your um, future plans. Do you uh, imagine yourself um, acting or working in the theater in a different way? Or what, what do you think will happen in the next 10 years for Emily Prince? Um, That's a difficult question. As I love theater, and I love it as an art form. I love it as something that I can be involved in. But right now, it's not necessarily my career path. Um, what I would generally like to do, at least my plan right now, um, is documentary media. Um, I love, I, I just love the ability to tell stories. And um, I think human stories are some of the most important in this day and age. Um, and I think theater isn't necessarily a medium that you can um, that you can tell, like, you can tell human stories, but you can't do that in a way that documentaries can, where you, it's like, it's a real person and their actual mm -hmm. life, and I think that's, that's kind of what I would like to do. Um, I'm mm -hmm. planning, currently I'd like to double major in journalism and film production, and I think that will kind of help me. Right. get into that uh, general area but yeah. um, I would love to do theater as a career though so if, if that's not if I find an opportunity to do that I will attempt to pursue that if I can well there's a there's an interesting sort of form of theater that has been around for a while but it's become it's sort of elbowing its way to the front these days called verbatim theater which uh, uh, Anna Devera Smith is a practitioner of this there are many other examples of it but she interviews people in a documentary format and then she performs them. Do you have you seen her? I'm a big fan, big fan yes. of Anna Smith, yeah. yeah. Have you seen her have you seen a performance of hers yet or heard um, her talk? Or? I've, uh, I've seen like some I think there's like a filmed version of Fires in the Mirror. Yeah, there is. But I've yeah. never like seen her do anything in person. Live, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's extraordinary and, and so she performs the the actual um, verbatim what people say she doesn't I mean she, of course there's some editing because people as you may have noticed have a tendency to drone on sometimes but uh, but she, so some of it's edited but what she presents is the exact words that the person spoke and she does it with a, a earpiece in so she's actually listening to them the recorded voice and and imitating them so she's not just it's not just the words it's how they said the words what the inflections were and and that sort of thing. And there's a certain documentary aspect to that that I think gets near the, the kind of thing you're talking about. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, Colin, uh, tell, tell me a little bit. So you, you are doing tech theater, but you're a guy and, and everybody knows that guys are in short supply on stage. <laughs> uh, you know, we, whenever we have auditions, it's like four or five to one female to male. And so why have you not started acting yet with at your high school? Just no roles uh, for you or? Uh, I originally signed up for tech uh, for two reasons. One of, uh, I wanted to get a different experience because uh, up until then I was doing acting stuff here uh, with the STC Junior stuff. Yeah. 
back in middle school. Right. And once I got into high school, I'm like, okay, um, I'll do tech. I'll see what's going on behind the scenes because mm-hmm. I had no idea. Right. Um, and the second reason was at the time, I just felt a little kind of insecure about it because I'm like, oh, I'm going to a new place with a bunch of new people that are like I, I've seen and heard a bunch of stuff about the Athens Drive Theater at the time. I'm like, oh, I didn't feel like I could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like uh, behind the scenes and being away from the stage for a while would mm-hmm. kind of suit my path a more. Yeah. And uh, I, ha- I had the spark um, recently. We did In the Heights by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was just this one scene I remember watching. I think it was the song um, When You're Home, something like that. And it, I just... Re- Swooning is going on <laughs> off microphone. Just yeah, I just remember sitting backstage and almost in tears of like, man, I want to do that now. So yeah. I basically told everybody, hey, yeah, bye. I'm going over to the stage now. Have fun. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy uh, your hammers and your saws. Uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, we've a lot of us have had that. Have, have the rest of you had that experience where you where somebody's performance sort of lit a fire under you in terms of what you wanted to do uh, as an artist? A little bit, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've definitely encountered some performances that have lit a fire under my ass in terms of wanting me to be better, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a nice feeling too, when you realize there is another another level to get oh, yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, you know, famously, uh, uh, somebody whose name I've now forgotten said, uh, um, "If you if you're getting all the roles you want, it's time to move to the next mm-hmm. oh, yeah. place." Yeah. You know, so so I think that's a good good model. Has has that happened to you, Emily? Have you seen something either live or uh, on film that that motivated you as a performer? Um, I think I might go way back here. I remember, I can't remember how old I was. I know it was a long time ago. My my high school, we've been uh, we've been doing productions, and they've been kind of big in the community for mm-hmm. a while. And I remember going. My mom and I went to try and see, um, which I learned later was the very first production of one of our directors at my high school. Um, we went to try and see. Uh, I think it was Sound of Music. And we got to the door, and they were sold out. So we went back next year, uh-huh. uh, and we went. I think the next one was Beauty and the Beast. And I remember watching that and being like, "When I get to high school, I want to do that." And so when I got to high school, you did. <laughs> they did that, and I don't know. I think I don't remember that performance at all. But mm-hmm. I remember, I remember being like, "That's what I want to do. I want to be on that stage and doing that." So I think that's kind of an experience of laying a fire under me and being like. Uh, it, it would take a few years, but um, getting to do that. Well, it's. I mean, even even if and even if all it does is make you think about it, uh, I think it's a valuable experience mm-hmm. uh, for you. Uh, but if you have the skill, as I think all of you guys do, uh, to to follow that uh, impulse into the next level, then then what a what an extraordinary gift that performer or performers ha- has given you. When I was a kid, uh, we did. Uh, 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 just to bore the tears out of you here for a moment, but we did uh, Once Upon a Mattress, uh, oh. which is a musical version of The Princess and the Pea, and it's a goofy little show, although the score is quite good, and 
And um, there was this one kid who played the, the character of the jester in it, and he was the coolest guy in school. You know, he had this, the hair slicked back, and he drove a, an old, beat-up Rolls-Royce to school. It looked like, <laughs> like a 1950 Rolls-Royce, and he wore a white T-shirt and jeans and boots. You know, he was, he was James Dean, you know, except in, 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 at a different age. And he played the jester, and he went out on stage one night and sang that song, that showstopper song about his deceased father and, and he walked off stage afterward and there was this roar coming from the audience and, and as he walked past me there were tears streaming down his face and I remember thinking, that guy? That guy is crying? I didn't know he could cry. Uh, you know, and, uh, and that made me think, God, if, if, if art can do that to this person, then, um, you know, then it's worth uh, uh, pursuing. Um, what do you guys want uh, out of the of your world? Uh, the, the you know the next forty years or so will be your world, not mine. Um, and I know what I want out of it, and what I've tried to get out of it. What do you want out of it, Graham? Um, I want I want a lot of stuff. I want a lot of change. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what's, what's going to take. But it's going to take going to take us to do it. It's going to take our generation yeah. to you know get together, get to the to the. Uh, to vote, I was going to take, but voting is very important. Very yes. important. But I feel like there's a lot of potential. There's so much new technology coming out that gives us potential to create mm -hmm. in so many different ways. And I feel like it's going to be an exciting time in these next next ten to twenty years. Yeah, it's going to be fun. There's a there's a general idea that that's that's too many choices can can be troubling uh, to to a person. You know, that's some there's a sweet spot between. Not enough options and too many options. Have you have you thought about that aspect of? I definitely agree with that to a certain extent. I know that for me, well, I can get overwhelmed by the amount of options. Like when I'm at Chapel Hill, there's so much stuff to do and so many things you can get involved in. Sure, that's one way to think about it. Yeah. But you just gotta find the things that you really like and then work particularly hard for those. Because if you try to do a little bit here and there, I feel like nothing comes from that. Colin, not as much comes Have you thought about that, Colin? I know that's a big question. Uh, of uh, what I want out of this world? Yeah. What are you, what are you working toward? Oh, uh, geez. Um. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Japanese word. I can't remember it now, but it, what it translates to in English is the reason we get up in the morning. It's a very important part of their culture, and it's one of the reasons why they have such a, a system that so clearly focuses on different generations of people, their people live longer uh, as, a, as a general rule and they uh, live longer because when they get up in the morning they know what they're supposed to do. Is that, at your age you don't need to know this, but I'm just curious if you do or if you have an idea. Um, I don't have a like one specific thing, yeah. but like to Grant's point of change, just something to happen uh -huh. um, and to be a part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it social? Uh, does it have to do with um, uh, equality? I mean, that seems to be a big issue today. Uh, yeah, definitely socially and having that equality amongst everybody, no matter where you're born, what you look like, how mm -hmm. you feel about your identity. What your economic situation yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough mountain to climb. Uh, Cameron? It's a tough question. Yeah? Uh, uh, I think in the next couple decades I think I'd like to see um, 
specifically in theater, I think I'd like to see more inclusivity. Um, and I'd like to see and hear the stories that traditionally haven't been given a platform. Mm -hmm. And I think if I could be a part of sharing those in any way, whether it's telling them or just being their champion, that would be pretty good for me. No, I'd be pleased. <laughs> as a documentarian, that, that seems like a, a natural fit to mm -hmm. right? excavating uh, stories yeah. that have yet been told. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And Emily Prince. Um, in the next four years, I feel like as a society today, we're a little bit lacking in the empathy department. <laughs> um, and I think empathy is such an essential tool to be a human being. Um, and it feels like today, in today's society, choosing to have empathy and listen to people and truly connect with people is something that could solve a lot of problems that we're facing today. Um, and I think, especially theater, theater is the true form of empathy where there are people, real people in front of you acting out stories. And it, it's unlike any other medium, it's not like film, it's not like books, it's not like art, where there's someone in front of you, an actual person. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. I think theater is a great tool for empathy. and gone a little bit off the rails here, but, um, Not yeah. at all. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I think, um, sparking empathy is something that I hope I can do in the next 40, 50 years. Good. Uh, that's good. Well, that's a, that's a noble aspiration, and, and uh, we're going to put this um, podcast online, and in 40 years, I want you all to come back and listen <laughs> to it, and you, if it hasn't degenerated digitally, uh, Graham, help us out here. Uh, but uh, but if it uh, but but look back on it. Um, one of my favorite playwrights, David Edgar, has written a play that he's actually performing in his 70th year, uh, called "Trying It On," and it's a dialogue between his 20-year-old self and his 70-year-old self. He came of age. He was 20 years old in 1968, which is a very formative year for people of his generation and. And so the play he's doing right now is literally a conversation between his 20-year-old self and his 70-year-old self. And, and so I want you guys to come back and listen to this when you're then and, and report back to me as to whether you've lived up to those lofty aspirations, okay? Thank you, guys. Thank you very much for the work you've done at Burning Coal over the summer, too. It's really appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening. Subscriptions to our upcoming 2018-2019 main stage season are now available. Order today and guarantee yourself a seat to David Hare's Stuff Happens, Connor McPherson's The Weir, Hannah Benitez's Ash and Johannesburg, and Sue Townsend's The Great Celestial Cow. For more information, visit our website at burningcoal.org.